Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, October 16th, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. I'm very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. Jonah, I've been wondering all year who the starting safety would be. Ohio State's going to stick with the starting, you know, the one high safety look. And based on Matt Barnes's comments the other day, the safeties coach, special teams coach, it sounds like Marcus Hooker, Jay Book, will be the starting safety and Josh Proctor will be the top backup. But it sounds like both guys are going to play a lot. I mean, do you agree that it sounds like Hooker is the starter? And just what are your overall thoughts on the safeties? Yeah, I I agree. And based off what Barnes said, um, those guys have uh, two different skill sets that really brings uh, an element of diversity to the defense. When you look at Hooker, as Barnes said, he he's more of a center fielder plays more the realm of his brother where he's a ball hawk guy that can that can play uh on the back end and really cover a lot of ground whereas uh, the other kid he will play down in the box there I just think that what what Ohio State wants to do and and what they and what they see in Hooker is a guy who can really um, cover a lot of ground, and that's what they need when you're going to play that one high safety, someone who can play hash mark to hash mark. So where are you at with Marcus Hooker? Are you obviously Malik is was fantastic. We're not expecting Marcus is going to be that at least not this year, and he's like maybe four inches shorter than his older brother, but they seem to really love him. Like, do you think he can have like a? All Big Ten time. Not I'm not saying all American, but maybe an all Big Ten type season. I, I will hold up my reservations for all Big Ten. I want to see what he does in in action first before I make uh, any type of declaration. But as you mentioned, they do love him. They're very high on him. If you look at at last year, he was actually getting uh, a lot of valuable snaps late in the season. So whenever you went and and when I say a lot of snaps, I say Jeff Halfley is one of the best defensive back coaches in the country, as well as a defensive signal caller. And he had a lot of faith in Hooker. And if you look at the Michigan game, he was getting snaps. He was also getting snaps in the Big Ten championship. So that right there tells me uh, a guy in Jeff Halfley who is an extremely well-versed and well-respected defensive um, defensive coordinator in college football, now head coach, thought very highly of him. And I know that Kerry Combs coming in thought very highly of him. And the one thing that you have in Hooker is he has that, that fast twitch pop athleticism that you want from a guy on the back end, whereas Josh Proctor plays closer to the line of scrimmage not saying he's he's not athletic but he has a different skill set where he's he's looking to drop the boom on somebody playing him in the box makes a lot more sense especially when you look at his size trying to read between the lines of coach Barnes's comments it sounds like and we've seen this I mean not that Hooker's not athletic it seems like Proctor is probably the more talented of the two but Hooker is more consistent like they mentioned you know, the one thing about, you know, Coach Barnes was asked straight up, like, what's the one thing Marcus Tucker, or excuse me, that Josh Proctor needs to do? He's like, be more consistent. You could barely get the question out. He's like, consistency. That's the biggest thing. So when I hear that, like, I basically think like Josh Proctor's probably has the higher ceiling. He just needs to bring it every day in practice. Yeah, and and we, we've talked about this numerous times, and it's been on the boarding house, and 
And before spring practices were canceled, that was kind of the storyline with Josh Proctor is he is a guy that is immensely talented, a guy that that has the potential to be an all Big Ten type of player. He has that type of ceiling. But the problem is, is one, he always looks for the kill shot instead of making the surest sound tackle. And two, he has to play within the defense, play within the confines of the defense. And we saw numerous times last year where he was out of position. And once you're once you're on the back end and you're out of position and you're starting to freelance, the, the moment that you do that, the opposing band's trumpets are in the air because it's six. It's a touchdown, Dave. So you have to play within the defense and you have to you have to be disciplined. And if he can figure out how, and the thing is, is with him is you don't want to take his style of style of play away because he is kind of that that honey badger wild type, you know, type of type of safety. But at the end of the day, he has to be consistent and he has to play within the defense. Switching gears, listen, man. I mean, defensive tackle depth is a huge problem. I love Tommy Togiai, and I'm hoping Antoine Jackson comes on as a fifth year senior. I'm you know, optimistic about that. But man, even if Tommy Togiai plays up to expectations and Antoine Jackson does come on, D-tackle depth is still a problem. I mean, this is a huge problem. Where are you at with the defensive tackle situation? <laughs> and I, I'll just echo the same sentiments, you know, that we have in the, bo- the boarding house. And it's kind of the same echo chamber when it comes to the defensive tackle is people are nervous. They, they you know, within the camp, they, they're concerned about the depth there. And I would make the argument, and, and same was said in the boarding house, that Tommy Togia is probably the second most important player on this football team behind Justin Fields because the depth is not there. It's just, it is just not there. Now, not to say that they don't have talent because they do, but what you're looking at is a lot of young, raw guys with not a lot of game experience. And I would say some guys who are not really strong enough right now they still need a couple more years in the strength and conditioning program, but it, it is a legitimate concern. And you better believe that defense or offenses will target them. They will try to run the ball on that front because you cannot have uh, Antoine Jackson and Tommy playing 70, 80, 90 snaps a game. They have to have some form of rotation. That's what makes those guys uh, play at a high level because they're fresh. And so we're going to need some of those younger guys to step up. I, I mean, the the wild card in, in all of this is they have to get Teron Vincent back. Like not having a, five, a former five-star guy getting any meaningful snaps at this time in his career is brutal. It's brutal. They really need to get him healthy and get him back. And I'm not even asking for this guy to be playing at a Big Ten level. We just need valuable reps from him. This freshman wide receiver class is special, and we know it. Jackson Smith and Jigba, G. Scott Jr., Julian Fleming, Mookie Cooper, and they're all going to play a lot on offense this year. I think Jackson Smith and, and G. Scott are going to play the most. And what's interesting, talking to uh, – you know, I wrote a story about this. Talking to Coach Barnes earlier this week, a lot of these guys are showing out on special teams too, Jonah. I mean – the, I mean, th- these quotes about like G Scott are just off the charts. I mean, you have like, and Matt Barnes is not a guy that gushes. He's not one of these coaches that just gushes about like guys. <laughs> Quote, G Scott is the toughest young wide receiver I've ever seen. 
end quote. And he's also talking about he's explosive on the outside and can do other things, but he basically says he's like a linebacker playing wide receiver as a true freshman. I mean, saying this wide receiver class is special is an understatement. I'm just so excited about these guys, Jonah. Yeah, and G's guy, he's he's a freak when you look at his body type. And the thing that you really have to like about him is he's a humble kid. His his dad is very humble when it comes to making sure that he's doing the ins and out of trying to be the best college football player that he can be. And he came into the, the program a very mature kid. You could just see the way he carried himself off the field. And, and he has that hunger and he has that drive on the field to be great. If you look at, you know, him when he was away from Ohio State and, and people and the players were sent away, he was out there at Tracy Ford's camp in, in Seattle training, getting better, going to go, going against Richard Sherman, an all-pro future Hall of Famer. He was he was running routes against NFL players. So that tells you what type of mind frame he has coming in here and just the overall uh, collection of talent when it comes to their freshman wide receivers. I mean, you look at the video that Ohio State just dropped this week. You saw uh, Mookie Cooper winning in a circle drill. A lot. Uh, I know everybody wants to mention the top three guys, but I also love his attitude. I thought he his high school film was phenomenal, and I thought that he's going to be a guy that really pops once he gets the opportunity uh, to play at this level, but the, the overall skill set of the freshman wide receiver is impressive. It's very, it's, it's ahead of the curve because these guys play, have played a lot of football. The thing that you look at as far as skill position guys nowadays is they, they're all playing in these seven on seven circuits. They're all playing um, a lot of, a lot of these uh, all American bowls. And when they come in, they're coming in very mature. And, and a lot of these guys are ready to play right now. And I will I will take Brian Hartline's word for it. He doesn't care if you're a freshman or if you're a senior. If you're good enough to play, you will see the field. And I expect all four of those guys to play. Now, some of them may have to cut their, cut their teeth on special teams, and that's okay because you're seeing the field. You're lettering at Ohio State, a national championship contender, and that's something to be proud of. But I, I do think they will see the field. It's just going to be fun to see which guy really pulls himself away from the, the pack because the talent is so close. It's just going to be a situation on who shows out come game day. We're only eight days away from game day, which is tremendous to say. Let's look at that. Ohio State-Nebraska matchup to end the show here. High noon, October 24th, the season opener. It's going to be great. Um, you know, I don't know if, if the line is out yet. I don't think it is. I imagine the Buckeyes will be favored by something like 24 and a half. Maybe I'm being conservative there. But just your initial thoughts on the opener eight days away from now. Yeah, I, I, I actually think it's going to be a much higher spread, Dave. I think I think you're prob- they're, they're going to probably set it closer to 30 or so. That's how, that's how much – uh, Ohio State is favored in the positive light in the, the odds makers eyes. And I've been listening to a lot of betting podcasts and they're they're biting at the at the mouth just to see Ohio State back on the field because they think that this team could have a, a special run here. And you look at Nebraska, um, you know, I hate that Nebraska's the first game out to shoot because those guys help get the football season reinstated. And if it wasn't from Nebraska and Ohio State, 
doing the dirty work behind the scenes, I don't think there would be Big Ten football, at least not starting October 24th. Um, so it's unfortunate that we have to play Nebraska out the gates. But I, I look for Ohio State to roll here, even though it's going to be a sterile environment, environment at home with no fans, a noon kickoff. What you're essentially looking at is talent versus talent. It's going to be awkward early on to start, but then I expect Ohio State talent to overwhelm Nebraska. I just don't think Nebraska is ready up front. There's, Scott Frost is still building that program. He is walking into a buzzsaw right now. This is an Ohio State team that has a singular focus right now, and that is get back to the playoffs and beat the breaks off Clemson. If you look at some of the, the Instagram and the posts, there is a – the Clemson and Ohio State score is – is hung up around the, the the locker room and the weight room. If you look at the screens on some of the pictures that they post, it's the Clemson-Ohio State score. And not to say that Ohio State is overlooking any of their opponents because they're not, but I think this is an Ohio State team that's coming into this season guns blazing because at one point it didn't look like they were going to play, and now they have their shot. And I believe, and I truly believe, with Justin Field uh, captain in the ship, this Hall State team will be on the mission. And they are not going to throw away their shot. Great stuff as always from Jonah Booker. Really appreciate it, Jay Book. And thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Have a great one, Bucknutters. <laughs>